Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to embracing single life in your 20s and 30s. Expect relationship chat, single life living and learning to be yourself as I share insights, wisdom and knowledge that will help you navigate your single life status. I'm Chantelle the Coach, a quarter life and confidence coach that helps women who are single, separated or divorced to overcome doubt and uncertainty through their quarter life crisis or other life change so that they can work out what they want, make decisions with confidence and take action towards living a life they can thrive in. And today's episode is actually all about that because it's called Why It's Completely Okay That You Don't Know What The Hell You're Doing With Your Life. And we start by thinking that everybody has got it sussed out. Like, hands up if your friends are settling down, getting married, having kids, seem to have like their jobs all sussed and living on their own, have their own place. It's all sorted. Now, this is a really common thing because... You all started school at the same time. You're all doing things at the same time. Pretty much all went to uni at the same time. So therefore, you expect everything else to happen at the same time. And when you then jump on Instagram, you see these perfectly curated feeds of all the wonderful things that are going on, the baby showers, the houses in front of the doors, all of that. And if you then look on stories, it looks like everyone's out having fun all the time. When you're a single person, particularly a newly single person going through a breakup or separation, divorce, that can be quite overwhelming because you're taking a step back. You're going what feels like backwards rather than going forwards. But it's this comparison culture, this idea that there was a trajectory that you were meant to be on, that you should be following, that causes this. And in today's episode, we're going to address this. By the end of today's episode, you're going to start to look around and realise that it doesn't have to be this way. And that everybody feels the way that you currently do at some point. They might not feel it now because they haven't yet, Or they might not feel it now because they've been through it and come out of the other side. And that's where I'm going to start today because I am one of these people that has gotten through that and come out the other side. Now, my scenario was very much follow the trajectory, the trajectory of getting good grades, going to uni, getting a good job, buy a house, get married. But it was at that point that I almost felt like I'd done it. I had done all of the things that I felt I was meant to be doing and I was meant to be quite happy about it. But then I didn't feel that way. And the best way that I can describe this is that I was climbing a mountain and I had gotten to the peak and my journey up the mountain had been fairly smooth. It hadn't been steep. It had been fairly gradual. There hadn't been many bumps in the road. And once I was at the top, I kind of considered, oh, there were quite a few paths to get in here. Some of them are steeper and a little bit quicker. Some of them take longer, a bit more windy, a little bit harder. And I think that's everybody's way of life, which instantly shows that there are different ways and therefore going to be different lengths of time to getting to the same bit. The bit, however, that really made me reconsider what I was doing, and I, inverted commas, didn't know what the hell I was doing with my life, was when I felt like I was at the peak and didn't know what to do. Now I was there. And then I started to notice other peaks, different mountains. And some of them were bigger or taller and some of them were a bit different. And I wonder even if you could imagine it as a series of mountains in your life that you're climbing. So you climb a career mountain, you climb an independence mountain, you climb a relationship mountain, a friendship mountain. And in some of those ranges, I realised that I didn't want to be on the mountains or climbing the mountains that I was on. And I noticed there were other mountains that I hadn't ever seen before. Now, I don't think I'm the only one that sometimes realises that. I'll talk a little bit more about the stats in a bit, but there are two types, and some of you are going to align with this, and some of you align with a slightly different sort of of not knowing what to do. 
But at this point, I was like, what am I going to do? Now, in my life, I'd seen different peaks and had this experience before, if I go back to that context. After my uni degree, I'm getting a 2-1, I pivoted and went into a postgraduate in something completely different. That had felt very straightforward to do. But on this occasion, this was different. In the first scenario of the uni degrees, I had known what to do. I took charge and I found a new path. With this one, I was stuck on a mountain that I didn't want to be on and I was too afraid to get off of it. When we feel that we've done something and we've achieved some things and we've had all that validation going around, the cheerleaders, all of the, well done, you're doing well, keep going. Oh, look at the grades, look at the results, graduation ceremonies and so on. Oh, promotion at work. All of those kind of things. Getting married, celebrated. You're doing the thing that everyone's approving of. There's social events that support that. There's validation externally that you're getting. But I didn't really ever consider the internal validation. Did I really want these things? Was it what I wanted? It's what I thought I wanted. It's what everyone had told me that I'd wanted. And I think we're all told that when we're at school. That's the trajectory that most of us are told, the story that we're given. Get good grades, go to sixth formal college, get good grades at A-level and B-tech, study at uni, get a good job and, and tick off all those boxes slowly but surely. And that isn't a wrong path. It's just not the only path. That path works for a number of people. It's the reason people promote it. However, it's not the path for everyone, nor is it the only way to do it. And there is no timescale either. Though a lot of people, as mentioned, you're following a year group that you used to literally do everything with at exactly the same time. Didn't matter if you were born earlier or later, you did the same things at the same time. And you're grouped, you feel grouped in that way. And there is this element of kind of breaking out of that in every sense. Now, the things that were stopping me there was a number. I was stopping myself. I had invested 10 years or so of stuff towards that kind of life from 16 to 26. It would be GCSEs through to being married. That's a long time. And I don't think anyone would discredit that, that we all feel that we've put an incredible amount of energy and time into the things that we have achieved in our lives. And the realisation at the top of that mountain or near to it is the fact that if there are other mountains, I have to get off of this one. And that's One, difficult because of the people it impacts, but two, the time investment there as well. Another thing that was holding me back was the worry of what other people would think. A variety of things. So you've got the person that's directly going to be impacted on this in terms of the relationship element. But then you've also got the judgment of your choices and your decisions that people, they do it through intention of caring and what they believe to be right and true. It gives happiness and success. But it's also this oh my, what are they going to think? What am I going to say? What are they going to ask? I'm going to have to do this like 6,000 times over. Oh my goodness. And it's that overwhelm. And then there's this element of making a mistake. What if I make my situation worse? And what am I going to do? Where am I going to live? What do I say to people? I'm going to be so upset. Like, And there's all of these different things. And they weren't wrong in some elements of that, but you still work through them. But it's those feelings that you're going through. Now, it's at this point that I really want to talk about the concept of the quarter life crisis, because ultimately, I believe this is what that was. And I potentially believe that could be something that you're experiencing too. We don't talk about it as much. A midlife crisis is much more popular and much more commonly spoken about. It's almost deemed completely acceptable that at some point in your late 30s, 40s to 50s, you're going to experience this point where you don't know what you're doing with your life then. In the 20s, we don't really call it the quarter life crisis as such. I don't hear many people talk about it. We We do often hear people say, you find yourself in your 20s, which I completely agree with. But I would also quite like the phrase quarter life crisis to be used a lot more often because finding yourself feels freeing and true, which at the time of going through a quarter life crisis is the last thing you feel like is happening. 
And I also don't want you to panic about the thought of a quarter-life crisis. Does that mean there's something wrong with me? It's a crisis. What am I going to do? It's going to make my life harder. I'm already struggling. No, the whole point of that term is that this is an incredibly intense time where you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what choice to make. And it's almost like you just can't make any decision and you don't take any action at all because you're so caught up in these thoughts of, but I've worked so hard. What are other people going to think? What am I going to do? And there's a level of overwhelm. And the reason that I think we should have a term for it is because so many people go through it. Now, you might feel like you're the only person going through this. As I say, everyone around you looks like they've got it sussed. You might have one or two confidants that you speak to and they go, you go, okay, right, it's not just me or okay, at least they're listening to me. This is really common. I didn't explore this fully at the time of experiencing my course life crisis, though I did touch on one book uh, that I've re-looked at recently. And since then, and since wanting to reflect on my whole kind of time two years ago I looked into the court life crisis more and there is some fantastic work out there there's a brilliant webinar by Dr Oliver Robinson who's done a lot of research I advise you go and watch it it's an hour and 45 minutes if you've got it to spare but it is fantastic it's called turning quarter life crisis into opportunity I'm not going to sit there and repeat what he says because he does it so well but there was a key couple of elements in it that I thought was important to make One of them came from a discussion that I had with my mum when we were talking about the 10 things that he mentions contribute to course life crisis or could, depending on your gender. Um, And my mum made the point, well, those are things that just happen in life. And I agree with her. The things, you know, whether it's a relationship breakup or you're having financial difficulties. Yeah, those are things that happen in life and we have to get through them. I think the key part of it being a crisis is that you don't know how to get yourself out and you don't feel that you know what to do. You're lost because of it. And therefore, in my head, that's why it's called that. Because following my university degree, I pivoted and did a postgraduate. There was no feeling or sense of loss, confusion or overwhelm. Yeah, at the time I was exploring and looking, oh, what could I do? What am I going to do? Do I really want to stay in this? But it wasn't like a, I don't know how to get myself out of this scenario. I don't know what action to take. In that scenario, I was like, oh, I found this. I'm going to go for it. And I didn't really know if it's going to be successful, but I was confident that I was going to try it and that I would be okay. That wasn't a course life crisis. That was a life experience uh, and a decision. With the other one, there were reasons that I felt like I couldn't do it. And whilst yours might not be a relationship one, you might be tied into a job and you like the people that work there. It's not a bad job. It pays you well. But you want to try something different that isn't going to pay as much to start with, that you don't have a qualification in, so you're doubting yourself, that you will have to tell the current employers that you have that you're going to leave and you really like them and you don't want to disappoint them. But um, And there's an element of then you end up with these things not allowing you to take steps forwards and there's the worry, the confusion of making the wrong choice. I say said all of those things with quite a lot of confidence, but there's that bit of, oh, but should I just stay here because I know what I'm doing? You know, it'd be safer. I don't have to worry about the money. You know, you might be going from something that's stable job with a contract where you want to go into a free freelance option which is scarier and it's all of those what if I fail there's this overwhelm and then you end up staying but you end up unhappy and the point that I make there is that we have this conflict and he talks about this it's this bit that defines the quarter life crisis is that we have a conflict between wanting to be ourselves living true to ourselves and the instincts that we have versus what we think we should do what society says we should do what plays to the system well he talks about this in terms of how people see like but you're rewarded for when you do this. And I think it definitely comes down to our decisions in that, whether we please ourselves or please others, uh, whether we're going to what people would approve of or not. I think that's where the crisis comes in, that there's that conflict of what we should do. I'm sure that applies at midlife as well, but for quarter life, it's often to do with what others will think of us, anyone, even if they don't matter that much in our lives, and what we really internally feel like we want to do. 
And there's a whole generational difference of things like this as well. I think millennials and Gen Z coming up are very attuned to what they want to do and not playing by these systems that they feel have been in place uh, and are being continued by boomers who aren't necessarily adapting per se. Some are, give them credit, um, but others aren't. Others are very much like, no, you're going to stay and you're just going to work your way through and tick these boxes and do it. And that's not going to work for all of us. Uh, So that's that element. The other thing that I think is important to extract from that webinar is just the stats. And, you know, it's reiterated through different people that have done studies on it. But I'm going to stick with that one source there. And it's that when he conducted a survey of people and asked them if they felt that they were experiencing a crisis at this moment in time, for the age group that I'd be talking to here, so you're sort of 20s, 30s, just under 60 percent said, yes, they were or maybe. Now, if that was at one singular point a couple of years ago before the pandemic, then that's a majority of those people in that age category without the pandemic added on. But just at that one moment in time, now, two years later, if we ran it again and we got 60% again, some of those 60% might be the same people and others of them would be new people. And that makes me wonder then that if at some point between, let's say, between 25 and 35, chances are you're going to go through this experience. If 60% at one given moment were going through it in that age group, you aren't the only one experiencing this. It's just that we don't necessarily talk about it that instagram doesn't allow for that you've got to be seen to have it all worked out you are not alone in the experience this is something that a majority of us go through on the other side of things it is finding yourself but at the time it just feels completely overwhelming and like it's never going to end but both the research and from my experience it has an end and it can be a really positive end as well if you listen to yourself and really stay in tune with what you want to do and that's part of the key of this is working out what it is that you want to do and what you want to make happen now that might feel really overwhelming because it's all of those things holding you back i've already mentioned 3 of them But you've got to work that out and you've got to work through each step of that. The more people I talk to, the more people that I share this information with, the more I talk about it on my social media, the more people that reach out and say, I think I'm going through this. Now, you don't have to label it as the quarter life crisis. I personally feel that by calling it something, we feel like it actually has a standing, that it is a real thing that's occurring. I'm not saying it's a medical term. It's just something that we can categorise and therefore have a common terminology around and can identify it as that. And by doing that, it means that people have keywords to look up, they have language to talk about it for, and then we suddenly don't feel like we are the only ones. And if you ask friends about it, was there a time when you felt like you didn't know what you were doing and you've worked it out? I'm pretty sure there will be. Ask them, find out. Now, one of the first things that I mentioned that was stopping me was the investment of time. 10 years of investment, absolutely. Oh my, who wants to waste 10 years? In the same light, we don't want to waste any more time. If we're suddenly realising that the things we have around us aren't what we want, whether we have things or we don't have things, then we've got to take action. Action is the key here. Because if you're roughly 25 or even if you're 35, you've potentially got four or five more 10-year rounds to get through. And if you're feeling that your peak is not where you want to stay or that you can't get on the peak that you're after, then you have got to work out what you're going to do in the next 10 years. It was my 28th birthday recently and someone messaged me and said, oh, do you remember 10 years ago we had your Disney birthday party? And I was like, oh my God, yeah, we did. And I was reflecting that day, therefore, on what I'd managed to do in 10 years. 
And I want you to think about what you've done in the last 10 years. If you're currently in this kind of time of crisis or just not knowing what you're going to do, where have you lived in those 10 years, including temporary accommodation such as uni or otherwise? Where have you worked or studied in those 10 years? What places have you travelled to, visited, been to, including weekends to see friends in different parts of this country, not just abroad? What job titles have you had? What friends have stayed? What friends have gone? What friends have been and gone in that time? And which friends are new friends? There's so much, and we haven't even got down to the, you know, past surface level there. You know, you could think about what did you do every birthday? What were the key experiences that you remember from each year? So much goes on in 10 years that if you've got four or five more cycles, you can definitely start climbing another mountain. Because, yeah, you're going to have to get down off of this one. But this mountain and all that you've learned is going to be useful for climbing other mountains. Each mountain won't take you another 10 years because you've already done the tick box of getting certain qualifications. And yet you might have to go back and get another qualification. It's not going to be a problem. But the longer you leave it, the less 10 year cycles that you have to redo it again. Now, one thing to mention here is that you have to be really clear on which mountain if you're treating them as kind of different mountains for each category of your life that you're going to make a change in. So whilst I changed only one in the scenario I have, which was my relationship at the time, it had impact on my living arrangements, but my job was still in place. I had a few things to sort out beyond that, but apart from that, that was that. You need to make sure that you're just focusing in on one area of change, whether that does have impact otherwise, because otherwise you're going to feel even more overwhelmed. And you need to work out what you think you want. Now, if you're unsure, then you have to kind of test the waters a little bit, but you can't fully test the waters in some scenarios. Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet. And the way to consider that is, and this is all to do with like, do I make the right choice or not, is reflecting on, would you in 10 years time, if you're still in the same scenario you are now in that area, would you regret it? Because we don't want to have that thought. We don't want to have that outcome of regret at the end. Regret's one of those worst feelings. And we often regret things that we don't do, not the things that we did. Because ultimately, you're the only person that knows what's best for you. You're the only person that knows how you feel about staying in a particular scenario or leaving a particular scenario. And just because something is hard or difficult doesn't mean that it's not the right thing for you. It can feel like it's the right decision, even though you're like, oh, but I've got to do all of these things. That's that's life and that's learning and that's growth. Now, one way to evaluate how you start off is to look at the different areas of your life. So we've touched on relationships, careers, relationships. We can also look at family, friendship, money more specifically than just career, spirituality and any other kind of factors that you think consider in your life. And what you want to do on a scale of one to ten is rate where you are now on those things. So maybe you're at a six for friendships, a seven for job maybe a fourth relationship, whether you're in one or not. And you do that for each of those things. And then you compare it to where you'd like to be in life. Now, obviously, the long-term goal of that is tens, if you believe tens are even achievable. You might say that you want friendships at eight, work at 10, and relationship at five. Now, the difference in those numbers could be important to you. You might be like, well, that's got the biggest gap. I want to make the most improvements. Or you might go, oh, this one's only got a gap of one. I feel like I could work on that and it wouldn't take much to change it. The way to get through this period of time is to start taking action. And depending on how confident you are in those areas and depending what you want and depending on how clear it is of what you want, then you can decide whether you want to do the big jumps first and deal with a little later or if you want to build your confidence and start with the smaller things that get things ticked off 
And then that builds you up to then tackle the bigger things and to know how to break it down into steps. And when you're considering that, you have to really think about what you want in life. Where are you now? What does that look like? And where do you want to be? And what does that look like? And you could put a time limit on it and say a year's time because everything takes time. Some things are instant. So leaving my marriage was an instant turnaround. It ended that and there was things to work out. Don't get me wrong. Then I had a whole working out of what I wanted it to be in the future. And I actually had no idea bar like not being anything at that time. But there's no reason that you have to have a nine to five job. There is no reason that you must be married by 25 or 30. In fact, there's no reason that you must have children by a particular age. Some people might argue with me body clock. That depends on the standard that you put on. Because there is technology now that facilitates having children later, whether you agree or not with that, or adopting children so that you have it in a different way. There are lots of different ways around things nowadays that mean that, yes, a biological clock does have some influence and impact on when you might think about doing things in a particular way. But if you're set on that particular way, then you are being driven by that. But if you actually focus on the outcome goal, then actually there's many other options. The reason that you believe that you might have to do these things is because you grew up thinking that's what you had to do. You went to school and your friends and family said the same things. Your teachers did too. Even the films told you that you're going to find a prince. It's not your fault that you now feel like having followed that, you don't know what the hell you're doing with your life. Even if it feels like or people are saying to you, but you've got everything. Why would you not be happy with these things? It's completely and utterly okay because we followed a system, but it's not the right one for us. And life is not about following the same system for all of us. It's about finding the right system for us. And if you take anything away from this today, it's that the reasons why it's okay is because there isn't the same path, that so many of us go through this phase and some of us decide to stay on the same path and some of us don't. And that actually there is another side to it. I'm two years out of this. I would say I've been pretty sorted for the last six to nine months of this. So mine roughly, would I would say, lasted a year to 15 months or so. I don't know when exactly it started. And the research also says that there is an end. Like This is temporary. This doesn't continue on forever. And the most people actually have a really beneficial outcome to it. So long as they take action, that their resilience kind of develops two scenarios and you learn a lot about yourself I can't tell you how much more clear and intentional I am with my life and I don't always go with what people think that you should want yes I have since bought my own house because I truly reflected on what I wanted but initially I was like I must have a two-bed house and the reason was to be able to have a dog the reason I wanted a two-bed house though was because I thought I had too much stuff then during my experiences of trying things out and just going out and living on my own which I think is an important point to make here about single life Like I went on a trip alone to a shepherd's hut. It was the most wonderful thing. But living in that shepherd's hut, I realised how much space I didn't need. It was small. Like The bed was at the end. It had a little bit behind the headboard with a wardrobe in it. Um, The table folded out. The TV was in the corner. Drawers under the bed. The storage was, you know, some shelves around the kitchen. There was storage underneath, but like everything was out to be seen. It was very compact. And just by spending, I think it was four days, three nights in there, I realised, I came back that day and realised that I didn't need a two-bed house anymore. And would you believe what fell into my inbox on Rightmove, which I hadn't looked at for over six months, was a one-bedroom house that I now currently sit in recording this podcast. Because in that time, I let go of something that I thought I must have. And that is a very small version of what this scenario is, which is letting go of what you think you must have. And it's okay to feel this way. 
but you've got to take the steps to work out what you want to do to be able to take action. So the things you need to do are consider what you have done in the last 10 years. And if you want to keep doing that and working on that for the next 10 years, you then need to evaluate the areas in your life and where you're at using the one to 10 scale and then decide on a particular area, a different mountain to climb, whether it means shift in the direction on the mountain and it somehow connects to another mountain or if it's a complete come down to the bottom start again and then you need to take action whether you start small and build yourself up or if you take quite a big leap of faith now obviously I can't say what the outcome is going to be your life is your life but ultimately you should be considering what it is that you want to do and where you want your life to be going you know and if you need help If you feel that you need medical help, you should be seeking out therapy if you think there's things to undo or if your mental health is in question here. We can go through periods where we feel anxious or feel depressed, but there's another level to if we are anxious or if we are depressed. And there's very clear distinctions. So do make sure that you're seeking that out if you need that medical support and help and therapy in that sense. But if you're just going through this phase where you're not really sure what you're doing, you need to work it out. And sometimes we try and do it all on our own when actually... If everybody's going through it or has gone through it or is likely to, chances are that if you can brave talking to someone about it, then you're going to help yourself out. You'll probably find the reassurance that you need that you're not the only one because someone will go, oh, yeah, I felt like that. Or my friend had that or my brother. Yeah, he was really confused about that. And you suddenly like, oh, God, did they go through that? I never couldn't tell from their Instagram because we all put all the bad stuff on there too, obviously not. Well, the testing part. And you also work out who's there for you. When you decide on a decision to change, much like I did from my undergraduate to postgraduate I was very confident of what I was doing and it didn't occur to me one bit what anybody said I thought there was going to be much more approval for it it wasn't bad but there were some it's not going to be like when you went to school and oh I really liked it when you used to work there there were some comments like that which is not a problem just hadn't anticipated them but you are going to get people's personal thoughts relationships experiences of what you were doing even though it wasn't their life but they still had opinions or you know and what they thought of it And within that, you find who is there to support you no matter what. Who's the person that goes, oh, what's made you go into that? Oh, cool, that sounds wicked. Oh, I wish I could be as bold as you to change this or to do that or to think do that. You want to find those people. Not to treat it as a test, but it almost becomes a little test of who are your supporters, no matter what you tell them that you're about to do. Because you're not the only person doing it. Maybe they'll need you to be there to be the person to talk to or they've gone through it yourself. So hopefully from this, you've taken that you're going to be looking around the world in a different way in that there was a path that we were mostly all introduced to and it was maybe being reinforced a number of times through the different systems you've been in, but it's maybe not something that you want to continue. And maybe it would be useful for you to support those different people that have done it, whether you know them personally or you see it online. But know that from that study... There were other people going through it. At any given time, it was a majority in that in that study that or that research that was taken out. And that a lot of us feel this way. We just might not be seeing it online. You used to be in school and you used to do things all at the same time as your peers. No longer is that the case. You are however old you are now. And from the minute that you left your educational institution, you had the possibility of moving faster or slower and in a completely different direction to everybody else. And you've got to continue to steer and decide on that direction for you, not for the people around you, not for what other people will say, not to keep yourself safe because it's the only thing you know. Work out what you want to do and where you want to see yourself in the next 10 years time. And then you'll start to realise that 
yeah, you don't know quite what you're doing with your life now, but you can start to take charge. You'll eventually find something and there is another side to get to. So make sure you reflect, take the time. And if you're feeling like you don't know what's going on, remember that you're not the only one. It's okay to feel this way. There is an end and you need to decide on an action to take in one particular area of your life. I would love to hear what little areas you've decided to work on or if you just have gone, oh my God, I've had that experience. Um, so feel free to head on over to Instagram to share those thoughts with me, at Chantel the Coach. Uh, give this a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. If not, hit subscribe and follow to keep up to date with your weekly dose of single girl listening and to make sure you get notified about the next episode. Until next time, keep thriving. Keep thriving.